Hello everybody and welcome to Volume 4, Issue 154 of the Cane and Rinse podcast. You can play along with Cane and Rinse Volume 4. And our next five issues of the podcasts shall be Silent Hill 2, Diddy Kong Racing, The Skylanders Series, and just before Christmas, The Magical Nights into Dreams, and of course a bit of Christmas Nights. Then we'll take a couple of weeks off if that's alright with you for Christmas and New Year. And then we're going to return with the joy and fun and the festive frolics of Silent Hill 3. Head to canerince.com for the full schedule. It's always up there, uh, as well as the blog and links to our merchandise store. Christmas is a coming. Just saying, canerince t-shirt might look good on Christmas morning. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, of course. We're always looking for more likes on there. A Google Plus circle, I think. Call it um, and a YouTube channel. Please subscribe to that. And we also have a new sister podcast to this one, Sound of Play, a recent iTunes number one hit, where uh, us members from uh, the Canerince team and some guests and some community people pick uh, some of their favourite tunes, songs, tracks from video game soundtracks from over the years. So remember to check that one out. Uh, and otherwise, please subscribe to this and rate us and review us on iTunes as well. Brilliant. Thank you. Now joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, Darren Gargett. But, um, I'd like to be known as Mr. Game & Watch, please. Mr. Game & Watch Gargett. Yes, I, I should have done this, shouldn't I? <laughs> uh, quickly, somebody think of another character in Smash for Joshua Garrity. Ike. Well, he's my, he's my go-to character, so Ike is probably... Oh. Yeah. It doesn't start with a G. <laughs> 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 and... And Ryan Heyman. Will not anyone show me your moves? I uh, I would like to be able to do the Smash Brothers announcer voice, but it, I don't know how. Does anyone know who it is? Mm. And has it been the same guy throughout all the versions? He's got a YouTube video or series of videos out where he talks into the camera. He's not what I was expecting. He's, he's he? quite a slim, uh, white young lad, yeah. It's uh, But he's got a powerful voice on him, so... Fair play. Okay. Yeah, he answers questions to his community about just being a Smash voice, I guess. And then he does, obviously, he does our requests and other playful things. Check that out. Does he do any other games? Is he just Smash? I I don't know. All I I just checked out was a couple of minutes of him just chatting in the voice. I was like, oh yeah, that's his face. And then just turned it off. (laughs) All right. Uh, We have three games to cover. Um, We're not reviewing as such the the recent entries into the series, though that is why we are here in a way um, to tie all this up. Um, We may reference them, uh, both uh, Darren and... Ryan and Josh, do you have the 3DS version? No, I don't. The Not yet. No, okay. So we have two 3DS versions, and because at the time of the recording, uh, only uh, only the US um, and possibly Japan, I don't know, but in, in relevant to us, uh, only Ryan has, has been able to play the Wii U game for a few days. So he may reference it, but obviously we won't be reviewing it because both are far too new for a caning and rinsing, and it wouldn't. We're just not qualified. Instead, we're going back to the last millennium the end of uh, the last millennium january 21st 99 uh, a game called nintendo all-star diranto smash brothers came out in japan diranto meaning great melee uh, and it was later released in america in april 99 and uh, we had to wait in europe we'll come back to that to the end of the year uh, ryan you would have been a young chap with an n64 
Uh, well, my my neighbors down the street had the N64. I was a PlayStation oh, that's kid, right. and so I yes. spent a lot of time over there, super smashing yeah. at about what nine or ten years old. <laughs> good, good. Okay, do you have fond memories? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, we used to, uh-huh. uh, you know, every day after school, head over and uh, play lots of Super Smash Brothers. Four controllers. I believe so. We had a uh, well, three proper controllers, and then one, you know, birthday party third party controller type thing. Excellent. Someone always lumbered with the yeah, third party stuff. Yeah, you know. Oh. I've got, uh, this, this becomes relevant later in, in this podcast, but I've got two uh, controllers that I bought for GameCube to make my number up to four that were from, from um, Poundland. They were one pound each. Mm. and uh, But actually, they're not that bad because they were, they were obviously heavily marked down. But that was, that was, those are the cheapest controllers I ever bought anyway. Um, now, for the rest of us in the EU, we had to wait almost a year uh, until November, just before Christmas 99, for uh, our first Super Smash experience. Um, now, this wasn't unprecedented in these days. We had to wait a similar amount of time for 1080 snowboarding the previous <laughs> year uh, because um, it was a seasonal thing. But in this case, I don't think they've ever admitted this. I don't think they've ever announced it. And you were talking about this on your uh, quick rinse you can find on our YouTube channel, Darren, mm. um, that it almost looked for a while like we weren't going to get Smash Brothers or, or you know, and it was just, it was a bit of a mystery mm. why, why it wasn't coming out. But my hunch has always been, and I, and I think this must be the case, it was Pokemon. Pokemon was the reason we, we had to wait so long because the European debut of Pokemon was October 1999, mm. some four years after the uh, Japanese release, I think, uh, for Red and Blue, or Red and Green, whichever it was, in which territory. So... Smash Brothers stars Pikachu, right? So we couldn't have had Smash Brothers before we had Pokemon. Although we got Melee before we got uh, Fire Emblem. So we can kind of talk well, around that point later. That's a very good point as well. But um, yeah, and in fact, that probably ended up opening the way, uh, as we talked about mm. on the Fire Emblem podcast for... But I think Pokemon was it was their kind of, you know, this, this absolute treasure. And I, I guess they didn't want anything to steal its thunder. Or they wanted Smash Brothers to ride on the back of the Pokemon buzz that we were just about to get. Maybe that's more pertinent anyway. Um, so, Darren, did you... Uh, we know from past podcasts that uh, you tended to uh, import N64 carts. Was that the case with Smash? Uh, oh, absolutely. When I saw this in N64 magazine as a potential non-release for Europe, I scrambled to my nearest, um, you know, local well, not local importer, uh, internet importer at the time and paid whatever the odds... And ended right. up playing it in black and white for a good year until I found a SCART cable that had a 50 to 60 converter within the cable. It was kind of a modified RGB and it yeah. converted the signal to color. So in, a, in total... Black and white smash. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a chore, to be honest. But, you know, one that I endured because it, um, it was a brand new gaming experience. Uh, so in total, it probably cost me about £200 for this, car, this cable and the game to play it in color. It was an investment. Crikey. Mm. Uh, I got my copy uh, when it came out in Europe, um, having been aware of it for the previous year or so. Um, I think I paid, I think it was probably like a forty nine ninety nine cart. Games, uh, despite what people say, are not really more expensive now than they were then. In fact, in real terms, they're much cheaper. Josh, uh, usual thing, you were younger yeah. than I was, yeah. of course, as you still are, amazingly <laughs> enough. Did you have an N64 at this point? Uh, no, uh, similar situation as uh, Ryan. Um, I, I never actually owned the game, but I had a friend who uh, owned an N64 and a copy of this, so regular visits to uh, their house. So I, I think I've put like 
30 uh, odd hours into this game despite not ever owning it but uh, mm. yeah I had a lot more time as a child I think <laughs> indeed indeed didn't we all just as a side note the uh, Wii Virtual Console eventually got a release of this um, when Nintendo were re-releasing N64 games on the Wii sadly they don't seem to be doing that at the moment with Wii U anyway um, Some with some small irony uh, the Japanese version came out in January 2009 and the North American release wasn't until December 2009 and in the middle of the year we got it um, but it's still there still available I think if you've got a Wii U you can go through to the Wii menu um, go into the store and pay 1000 old-fashioned Nintendo style Wii points and which I think is about seven pounds for the cart or of course there are other less legal ways to buy the original Smash Brothers if it takes you now another thing that it struck a it rang a vague bell with me uh, Darren from your recent uh, quick rinse was that um I haven't found anything about this officially but there there was some suggestion that smash brothers didn't start as a kind of all-star nintendo um you know character featuring game that maybe it started as a just a load of blokes mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I have a recollection of seeing early screenshots of something with just poly- polygonal figures mm. on platforms. Is that is that or is that yeah. canon? Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I've, there's a YouTube channel called Did You Know Gaming, and they do a really good video series of Smash Brothers. Um, they, do, they do four videos, and the first one actually shows you this prototype running in action. It's very flat shaded, kind of like Star Wing on the SNES looking people right. fighting. Yeah. And then in the background was like a skybox of um. I can't remember what the town is called now. It's, it's the town of where the guy lives, um, Sora. Um, that's not his name, Sakurai, sorry. The Sora's the company. And yeah, it's, it's very basic. It's very flat. And I'm not too sure where the series was going, or sorry, where the game was going from that point. But mm. it started off as a tech demo, just as a, a, you know, a real bare basic fighting game. Yes, we should say this was uh, put together and developed by the HAL Laboratory team. Um, and m- most of the key figures from that team, uh, Masahiro Sakurai and the composer Hirokazu Ando, um, and these were most famous uh, and probably still are for having created the Kirby series of games, uh, of which there are many. Um, and uh, you will see as the series goes on that more and more developers get involved. The, the second one is kind of an all-hands-on-deck HAL Labs game, and then Brawl is just every developer in the Eastern world piling on, doing a bit. Yeah, so the the story goes that Smash Brothers was put together as an experiment. Um, it wasn't given a huge amount of credence in-house by Nintendo. They didn't give it a large budget. These are things I've read, but I obviously I have no actual proof of, but that seems to be that seems to be the story. Um, it came out. Um, the critical reception was um, mixed, it's fair to say. It, it received some stellar reviews from places like uh, the old British Games Master magazine, which is still going. But I seem to recall it got a short shrift in other places, um, such as Edge magazine and things like that. It was considered a bit, you know, just a bit button bashy, thrashy, depthless. Um, you know, the feel was kind of odd. It defied genre conventions as well. Um, so it launched with eight, exactly the same amount of characters as uh, the original Street Fighter II, uh, eight characters and uh, and four bosses unlockable. So I suppose it's more like Champion Edition in that respect. A very small amount of characters by today's standards and certainly by modern Smash Brothers standards. But yeah, let's go back to a time when uh, we were playing this. Ryan and, and Josh particularly as, as very young people. Uh, Darren is quite a young person. What was your sort of, what, what are your fond 
early N64 Smash experiences? For me, it was just the party game. Do you know what I mean? Um, as a kid, like I pretty much had completely ignored any kind of critical reception to anything, as I'm sure we all do when we're that young. It's really just based on our own impressions and, and so forth and so on, on what our friends think and stuff like yeah. that. And f- for me at the time, it, it just became like a you know a social activity that we you know we'd gather around the TV and just punch and slap each other for far too long like five hours or something because you're a kid and uh (laughs) time just flies by (laughs) um yeah and i think i don't have the appreciation of um i didn't have the appreciation of like game design or just in terms of like depth in terms of controls and stuff like that that I have now so maybe if I went back to it and uh, you know I I am ashamed to say I haven't managed to go back to this original game for this podcast um, maybe I'd feel very differently about it now having played you know Melee and Brawl and and more complex fighters like Street Fighter 4 and so forth and so on maybe I'd feel it was a bit you know a weak gruel by you know today's standards but at the time I had a you know a lot of fun it just it yeah the hours flew by I I I played as Mario at the time that he was my go-to always? character yeah pretty oh. much always yeah oh, okay um yeah and um yeah I just I have really positive memories of this game yeah for me um you know, as a, as a self-confessed Nintendo 64 fanboy, this game was a no-brainer. And it served as kind of an extension from uh, GoldenEye, Mario Kart 64, you know, all the multiplayer games that are featured on the N64 that had Nintendo logos on the front. And I've played my fair share of mediocre Mario Party games. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? So, for, for the reviews to come out and get 6 out of 10s from Edge and 7 out of 10s from magazines, I was kind of like, well, even if it's all right, we're going to have a good time because... You know, yeah, we're, we're bored yeah. of Mario parties by this point, so we needed something different. And the N64 was starved for a fighter. It had yeah. war gods oh, and bio destiny, no. killer instinct. Oh yeah, but I was never a bit a killer instinct fan myself. You know, I, I love my rare stuff, but that game was a bit. It was starved of uh, quality fighters. I think it's fair to say. Mm. Uh, M- MK Trilogy was a was a shod- shonky port, wasn't it? Um, Fighters Destiny was. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you know, to see Nintendo actually uh, put some. Well, I say some effort, you know, but by all, by all accounts, they seem like they were a um, bit hesitant to put this game out. Um, but yeah, to see that a Mario fighting game was on the market on a machine that I had, like, yeah, you couldn't stop me. Um, yeah, and we played this game to death. I'd never played anything quite like it. And I do think it's kind of a, a genre defining game. You know, when you talk about a party fighting game, you reference Smash Brothers and there's only been one or two sort of you know, I say like copycats, clones in... Um, one direct clone that I can think of. What's the other one? Uh, there's one on the DS, that one. Um, what's it called? Something. Oh, uh, Ultimate, Jump Ultimate Star. There yeah, we go, okay. yeah. So the- yeah, that, 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 the Jump series, which is Japan only because it's full of Japanese yeah. um, manga and car- uh, anime characters, I think. Yeah, it's an interesting game, mm. but it, 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 yeah, it's sort of similar-ish. Yeah. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah and uh, we also were playing a, a similar game on a Dreamcast around this time, I think, in my memory, uh, Power Stone. So those kind of, these kind mm. of games sort of flipped and flop between each other, and they're very similar, but at the same time, very different. Yeah, actually, that was one of the things that I wanted to bring up. Uh, it's quite early to bring this up, but, um, but I will because it's relevant. I was playing this, obviously, um, in 99, uh, November 99, and that was around the exact same time that I got my Dreamcast with Power Stone. 
Now I love Power Stone. Mm. I really love Power Stone, and um, obviously the, the the original Power Stone didn't cater for four players, which was one of the one of the great reasons that the N64 was you know the party machine of choice because it had uh, four controller ports. You didn't need a multi tap or anything like that. Um, but for me, Power Stone was just so audio visually spectacular. Um, that's not to say that you know Super Smash Brothers didn't look fine for the time, and it had lots of Nintendo love. And you know, the, the, even though I was 27, I certainly still uh, fell for Kirby and and um, Pikachu and all the the cuteness and the Zelda backdrops and all that. But Power Stone for me just had this feel and this balance, which which was which eclipsed my smash experience so i'm not saying i didn't have fun with super smash brothers on the n64 because in multiplayer mode i certainly did um but it always felt there, there were always some issues for me with how chaotic it felt how the feel of the characters flying through the air felt odd how the contact between the blows felt kind of squishy and spongy whereas in power stone you could do these um you know these combos which felt really crunchy and meaty and i wasn't i'm genuinely don't think i was it was just a case of i was being wowed by the by the extra power of the dreamcast because i you know i'd still i still feel the same way about power stone today and my general feeling about the way that super smash brothers feels even though i've owned and played a ton of all of them is that i've never quite gelled with the feel of controlling the characters i think it's partly the um, the sort of the oddness of, of the way you use the analog stick to uh, exact different moves that, because you've got the pushing and the and the flicking of the analog stick and different characters feel different ways but you've got the way they jump through the mm-hmm. air you can map that to a different button I tended to map it to the I can't remember what it was on the N64 actually but on the um, I think it was, could you only use up on the analog stick to jump on the N64 maybe I think that might have been part of the issue um, because on the subsequent games you could use the top kidney button mm-hmm. couldn't you yeah. to to jump which helped quite a bit but i don't want to get into being really negative already because i'm not i'm definitely not overall negative but i've always felt that the feel of the combat in smash brothers wasn't as crunchy and mm-hmm. and tactile as i wanted it always felt a bit odd and loose and like the blocking's kind of weird and do you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah definitely and i think um we gave it a pass because We'd never played anything like it, and it felt more like a... To me, I've always described Smash Brothers uh, as Mario Kart with fists. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, I always kind of gave it a pass because it's not as, you know, um, in-depth as Street Fighter and all those other amazing fighting games, but that's kind of the reason why I went to it, because I'm rubbish at fighting mm-hmm. games. Yeah, you know, Smash Bros, looking back at the history of the series, the first game kind of stands out as something separate than the rest because Melee was such a huge departure that it feels like the later games have been sequels of Melee rather than sequels of the original. Uh, Melee kind of rebuilt from the ground up what the game meant mechanically and what the series would later go on to be, whereas the first game kind of played as like um, like a demonstration of the idea before everything was like really solidified. It isn't as technical and precise as a lot of the uh like real like hardcore fighting games that you uh have mentioned already and that's that's partly by design like i don't know if i would call super smash bros a fighting game i I kind of like group it Mm. in with power stone like you said as a as a brawler i guess just something Mm. a little bit different it's like right in between like uh um river city ransom and uh street fighter Mm. like it's something in that 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 center space that's uh 
Yeah. Uh, it's quite different. I always have this yearning in a fighting game, though, in any of the subgenres, a scrolling brawler or an arena fight or whatever. I always have this yearning, and I, and I think the, the sound effects are so crucial to this, of the sound of the connect of a punch or a combo. Mm-hmm. And my brain always needs it to be a kind of crisp noise. Mm. And I don't know whether it's because Nintendo was shying away from it being a fighter because, you know, this was at the point where sometimes they would be a bit antsy about, mm. you know, kind of having their characters involved in violent things. The thing is, you've, you've, you know, you've got characters in this, like, with, you know, you can smash someone literally off the screen with a baseball bat. <laughs> and, and that feels great. But, and you get this kind of noise. Oh, yeah. and talk, that and, yeah. talk about sound effects. That is one of the finest. I love that, but yeah. the but for the general on the ground foot to foot punches and kicking, it it always just felt kind of damp squibby to me, mm. and 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 in my brain that means that I've never had the same satisfaction as a game where you go up, you know, even something like um, uh, Scott Pilgrim, you know, something something like that where mm. you go up to people and you go, you know, that sort of real crunchy fighting feel. It's never had that, and that's always been a slight issue for me. I think part of it is because what you mentioned, they wanted to kind of make a non-violent fighter. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it differs from Street Fighter in that you're not trying to decrease the opponent's health until they are KO'd. You're trying to increase the yeah. uh, ability to push them out of the stage, kind of like a like a super-powered sumo wrestling in a way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I think all these are uh, concessions to making something that's more family friendly and making something that fits the Nintendo mm. ethos. And also, you know, they probably don't want Mario to be squirting blood everywhere either. It's probably a little bit of brand. Yeah, management. I can do without the blood. Um, <laughs> and I suppose once you start getting into the realms of um, crunchy sound effects, you're kind of heading in that direction. So yeah, I think that probably is the logic, um, but it, it genuinely, you know, proving or, or demonstrating the, the power of sound effects on different games that to me has always been a slight issue um that actually you know it's one of the first things i always think of with smash brothers is but i really want to feel like i'm when actually you know i had hours and hours of fun Hmm. doing the stuff um (laughs) yeah i mean what we should say is i mean you've already mentioned it there one of the one of the first things you ever notice about this one of the things that the reviews commented on at the time is you don't have a health meter you you have a percentage which starts at zero and goes up to up to 200%, I think it is. Hmm. Was it 999 even? Yeah, I think it, it might can be go, because I know in, in Sudden Death you start at 300, so I think it can go yeah. up to 999. Yeah, which, uh, and the, <laughs> the more the more damaged you are, the higher your percentage is, the further you get hit when you get hit. Um, but that's not to say that you can't be outed uh, much earlier in the game if someone hits you hard enough with with a particular with a particular move. Or keeps you from recovering. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, to go back to the the squishy nature of the the way the game plays. I think they did a really good job in letting you know what you're in for with the introduction, with the master hand acting as a puppeteer mm-hmm. and the, the, the Toy Story-esque uh, Mario plushies and the Yoshi plushies and stuff, they, they come to life. So I know, you know, it doesn't excuse the mechanics of the gameplay, but I think they, they went for like a more Nintendo-friendly vibe yeah. by giving this little subtle intro of just like, you know, it is just toys fighting in the bedroom and <laughs> it... it, it yeah, for me, it completely set the game up as you know, just, just you know, just punch Mary in the face, but don't think too much about it. They're just toys. It's all right. And especially the diversity of the cast, I think, is a uh, um, is helped by that that nature as well. In that you have, especially as the series progressed, 
It's really uh, very human-looking characters with swords and with real weapons, and then you have very cartoony characters like Mario. And so, for them to be fighting kind of on the same plane, like uh, competitively against each other, there need to be some sort of. Uh, it has to be grounded in some level of unreality. Yeah, I, I mean, just talking about you know the 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 lacking in satisfaction uh that you know the punching and the sound effects for that kind of stuff i i i mean i'm kind of talking about later games here not this original one but um i found that after a while i i just stopped using the regular attack uh for the my play style and just used special attacks and smash attacks mm. and because of that I, I I don't really suffer from this problem um, because every, like, for example, with Marth and Ike, who have become the two characters I just play as all the time, um, all their special attacks, all their smash attacks are really, you know, have a big mm, impact yeah. to them. When Ike swings his sword for a smash attack and slams it into the ground, like, it feels powerful. Mm, yeah. Of course, when you press his normal attack, it, it feels like every other normal attack, but because I've developed a style where I just never use the normal attack, um, I, I just don't suffer from that uh, issue. Yeah, I think I'm talking more about the N64 one here, because yeah, yeah. when, when I'm playing as Mr. Game & Watch, and I I do my forward special, and I get a, a number nine, if you know what that is, you know what it is, and uh, <laughs> you know a Game & Watch noise happens above his head, and uh, someone gets killed instantly, that is some of the most satisfying sound effects that I've, you know, I've heard. Yeah, I see what you're saying. The, the, the sort of top end, the, the satisfaction is saved for the top end stuff, but I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to keep banging on about it because it's not, you know, it's not a deal breaker. I still like Smash, but it was, it was exactly those, those, uh, you know, the, the sounds for the smaller contacts for the regular punches and kicks. Now, I, I admit, like, I, we're going to get more into the depths or the layers of, of depth to with which you can play the Smash Brothers games. Um, but I'm certainly, a, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fun party player. I'm, I, think, I think there are three levels kind of with this game. I mean, there's obviously lots of delineations within that. But there's people who will just, you give them a controller and they'll just pick a character and button bash. That's kind of your standard party game player, somebody who doesn't own the game. Then you've got people like me and I suspect Josh, uh, don't know about, I think you, certainly you, Darren, went slightly beyond this, which is the learn a few characters and have a bit of fun mucking around with some of their special moves, but not playing it to anything like a serious standard. Because yeah. if you were doing that, like Josh, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't, you can't play properly while only using the big moves that's that's like the person yeah, who yeah, used yeah. to who used to just use you know 100 hand uh, <laughs> yeah. slap in uh, in street fighter 2 or whatever um and then there's the the tournament level now th that that really starts with melee and, and we're still on n64 smash here but having said that even when i was playing the original n64 game i was aware that there were there were techniques that i could master i could learn you started to even with i mean in some ways just having the eight characters kind of uh, magnified the the balancing uh, made it made it easier for the game to be balanced i suppose and um you could more quickly become aware of uh, char different characters' strengths and weaknesses against one another. You know, the, cr the crossing grid, the, the you know, who's good versus who was much, much smaller. You used to get this back in the original Street Fighter 2 days. You know, if your opponent selects this person, select this person. But as you get, you know, when you, when you got to Street Fighter Alpha 3 with its 48 characters or whatever, that becomes 
completely unwieldy. Now we're on Smash Brothers uh, for Nintendo Wii U with 51 characters, I think it is. But at this point, you've got eight. So... Hmm. So it was realistic to actually play through the game on single player with each character and get a feel for how they play. Or you could just set up um, CPU arena battles with, you know, with a view to practicing. But generally, I'm somebody who would only play this game for the most part when a friend or friends were around. Mm. And I would try to do more than the basic button bashing. Um, but I was not, you know, I was not trying to bust out the advanced techniques generally. I think the first time I realised that there was more to this game than meets the eye was when I accidentally, as Yoshi, I hoovered someone up and spat them back out as an egg and and they fell off the stage as an egg and we were rolling around laughing like we couldn't believe what like we'd eggs. seen. <laughs> yeah, just like eggs. And also one of my mates, he also played as Donkey Kong a lot and he's got a mm. wicked move where he grabs him, puts him above his head and then he just walked off the stage with him as well. And you think, <laughs> you think that's genius. Like that is such a, it's a sacrifice. But again, you could, you could pick on someone and knock them out if they had one life left if you were playing stock. And that's when I realized that maybe there's more to this game than, like I say, than meets the eye. And it kind of went from there for me. It is. I think that's one of the, the real successes of the game. And, and, even um, even watching some videos on YouTube of tournament players, I think even the very serious players don't lose the fact that this is like watching a sort of interactive Tom and Jerry cartoon. Mm-hmm. There is this constant, um, because of the animations, because of the goofy faces of the characters, the fact that they're recognisable is uh, probably m- makes it so much the better. You know, the idea of someone like, you know, a little pink sphere like Kirby uh, sucking up a mighty sword warrior like, uh, you know, um, Marth or whatever, and then you know spitting him out, or or Ness smashing Bowser off the stage. It it you know laughter is one of the key parts of the Smash experience. One of the things that I love most about it is that it is a technical fighter in that like the game can be as deep as you want it to be. And this is more talking about kind of later games in the series rather than the first one. But uh, I I like that it's not all about button combinations and not about memorizing chains of commands that Mm -hmm. execute very specific combos. Like it's more about uh, momentum. It's more about positioning your characters, controlling the space around you. uh, Yeah. All that stuff that I find most interesting in fighting games that most non-competitive players are barred from. Yeah, that's that's absolutely the reason why this has become my favorite fighting game uh, series because memorizing all those special combos, like I just don't have space in my brain for all of that information. I'll do it for stuff like Devil May Cry 3 and Bayonetta, but that's because you only have to learn one character and you're not going up against, you know, amazing players. You're going up against AI opponents. Whereas with fighting games, I just can't cope online or in multiplayer scenes. But with Smash Brothers, it's about using the abilities uh, that you have access to at specific times. So, for example, Ike has this move where he flings his sword up into the air and then jumps up to catch it and then, like, lands with it. And I found that, actually, I don't... I. I didn't have to just use that a move as an attack. I could use it as a recovery when I fell off the stage. So it would look like, oh god, he's run out of jump, so he's going to fall to his death. But then I'd use that attack and then catch on the ledge and then I'm fine. Stuff like that is why I love this uh, series so much. Definitely agree with that. So much of the fun throughout the series is is about the, the multiplayer, whether it be with people who know the game a bit. I mean, I, I think... At its best for me, it's been with players of a similar level, but as is so often the case with 
with that it's quite hard to find a group of people who are at a similar level I normally end up either playing people who are significantly worse or significantly better um, but I think a group of similarly you know like like-minded people who are playing it relatively competitively and seriously but nothing like you know not not proper tournament levels but who want to be good at the game who want to actually exact some pain but still have a good handle on the humor and the, and the ridiculousness and the absurdity of it and who will laugh when they get smashed out of the arena mm, as much yeah. as, as when they smash somebody else out of the arena can i ask just to get some context for everybody here uh mm. How seriously do each of you play the game? And then who is your uh, main fighter? Um, it's because that kind of informs, like Josh was talking about earlier, he's kind of shied away from using the A button attacks and instead relies on specials. Um, for me, I, I I used to be just all, you know, um, items on as much chaos as possible. Let's just get as much happening mm. on screen at one time as we possibly can and just go in there and have fun and just try to react to everything as it's happening. That since playing the new ones, I've kind of edged a little bit more towards like items off Omega form of the stage. Like, let's just, you oh, know, right. duke this out one on one against a high level computer. Uh, and uh, for me, I, I tend to play uh, my, my main is Captain Falcon, but I play as a different character every turn just because I like to mix it up and I like to just kind of like stay on my feet. But if I need if I need to win, <laughs> I'll go in with Captain Falcon for me. Uh, the game has always been a party game first. Um, but when I worked at Mastertronic, I, I met a guy who worked there as well called uh, Michael Darbo. I don't know if he listens, but anyway. And he was like, it was one of those games that you thought you were the best until you met someone else. And you were like, I'm better than you at Smash Bros. I could have you, man. And we're like, all right, let's get it on. And then he whooped me. He destroyed me. And he'd done <laughs> things that I'd never seen before. And I was like, oh my God, he's amazing as Pikachu. I can't beat him. <laughs> and he was like, he's, he's, he's this massive guy. He's like, yeah, whatever, Gogs, you got nothing on me, man. And then I was like, right, this is it, this is on. And for like the next three years, we just duked it out across, um, across the Wii version. And the more I played him, the better I got. Cause you know, that, that's the way, um, I get better at games, multiplayer games. I play better. I play people who are better than me to learn how they play and feed off of that. And I ended up edging towards the, the serious side of it to the point where I didn't find it any fun. And oh, no. Game City 9 this year was probably the, 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 the downfall of me. Because I went, went, there was a pub, and they were, they were having Street Fighter, Towerfall, uh, Nidhogg, and all these great mo- local multiplayer games that I love. And there was, a group, there was a table of people just playing Smash Brothers on 3DS. I whipped out my 3DS, I was like, oh, can I join in? There's a spot. And they're like, yeah, sure. I didn't realize they were like, I don't know, some like elite ninjas. And they just totally destroyed <laughs> me. I, I stuck it out for t- 10 games, and I was like... I'm out. I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It was, it was bare bones. It was, you know, it was combos. It was all these things that I can't do. And no I was items. Like, no, no place for items in a tournament as they that's say. That's it. And I just, yeah. I, I just can't hack it. And I went back to my brother and said, can I play you instead? Cause we, we, we play it like normally in speech marks. We play it with all the items and all the madness that Smash yeah. Brothers brings, but it's good that the game can offer such flexibility, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, similar in that uh, I always I mean I play most fighting games that come out at some point or you know at least one or two iterations sometimes many and I always want to be good and I and I I look at the tournament scene with envious eyes but you know I get older and and less capable and I play far too many games to commit to serious play and certainly with Smash Brothers I never well you know when I first started playing it on the N64 all of us there was no 
tournament scene around this game. There was no serious scene. The first game didn't really lend itself to that. I mean, I say no, I could be talking out of ignorance here. I'm sure there were some places where people got together and played the original N64 Smash Brothers quite seriously, but it really blew up around Melee. Um, and over the series, yeah, I, I sometimes think about learning some stuff um, but generally what happens is I play it on a very casual way with item, with, with the full chaos of, of items on and, and all that um, random select is, is popular um, if I really want to win I might select somebody who I know I can survive for a long time with like um, Kirby <laughs> who, who just you know sometimes will not leave that stage thanks to his um, floating abilities I couldn't tell you anything about tears or, or, or anything like that but what happened to me was um, that uh, I came up against my uh, cousin who I see very rarely um, he's quite a reclusive character but he's he's very into games and uh, I saw him at the end of 2008 a few months after Brawl had come out and um I'd, you know, I've been playing it at home, mostly single player, a few sessions with my friend Pete, um, just mucking about different characters and stuff. And then, so I started playing my cousin who was like 20 at the time. And I said, yeah, I know, because, you know, some people play this game really, uh, you know, to a really, to a whole nother level, you know, it's like really deep, lots of techniques and lots of moves with names and, and stuff like this that I, I was vaguely aware of. And he said, ah, oh, yeah, but they've, they've taken most of that out of Brawl and we'll come on to that later. But having said that, he, despite supposedly this game was much, much simpler, much, much less refined and st stripped back from melee, he still absolutely schooled me. He just totally took me apart. Um, round after round after round um, with different characters, um, whoever he was playing, he just knew how to play this game. He knew the techniques. Um, you know, that was one of those chastening moments um, when your your much younger relative um, shows you how to play video games. But it was interesting to me. Um, and that was when I because I, I really hadn't picked up on the fact that Brawl was considered uh, a lesser title amongst the elite, the hardcore than the melee. But we'll come back to that subject. But yeah, mostly for me, it's a it's a fun party game with, you know, smashing Nintendo characters in the face. Uh, and actually, more than that, Brawl was probably I was more interested in the the kind of virtual museum side of it as mm, as much as yeah, anything. And, and yeah. again, we'll come on to that as well. I, I'm pretty much going to repeat what everyone else has said. It, it was a party game for me, and it was very much like Brawl was the game I got into the most, and which you know, again, it's kind of considered lesser than Melee, which I, I disagree with, but. Um, I ended up putting like 150 hours into Brawl uh, collectively with all my friends. And it, it, for me, it was just, it was like a comedy generator, that game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I played it in kind of the, the same way that um, some people will play weird modes in Halo and stuff like that. I remember like there was this mode in Halo where like they were like flinging trucks at like the players and stuff like that and that was basically what super smash brothers brawl was for me it's like crazy stuff happening that made all my friends laugh um and chasing after the you know the the smash the final smash ball and stuff like that and all the you know the dog licking the screen and everything like that <laughs> um it it just it was all about us having a laugh it, it didn't matter who won 
who lost and what have you, as long as like enough crazy stuff happened that made everyone, um, you know, giggle and laugh and so forth and so on. That said, I did want to beat everyone else that I yeah, played course, against. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I've already mentioned like Ike and Marth ended up being the characters I played the most simply because I. I liked getting up close and personal and a lot of their special abilities were about kind of closing distance and um, and flinging people up into the air and stuff like that. But most importantly, um, their, their smash attacks, you didn't really need to charge them that much to send people flying. Um, hmm. Less so with Marth, but Ike, um, you hardly needed to charge his yep. attack at all to the point where... If somebody was high enough, I wouldn't even bother charging. Just slam the smash, and then they go flying off the stage. Um, that kind of ended up being my tactic uh, in every game I went into. Close distance, just constantly pound uh, special attacks, and then once their uh, percentage was high enough, just smash them, and they'd go flying. Yeah, I mean we've got um we've got four fans here. Uh, this is not one of, you know, one of those uh, serendipitously balanced uh, issues where we've got some from each side. Um I think we all like our smash and that's why we're here. This is this does seem to be one of those games and one of those series where people who don't like it really don't like it. Mm. Um and and we we should talk about that because I think for some people Smash Brothers is just no fun whatsoever. We're talking about how much fun we've had with it, how much laughter it's given us. But for some people I think it's I I think it's that that the oddness of the feel, the oddness of the the mechanics, the uh, you know, compared to other fighting games, the seemingly random nature of of items and power ups, the um, the chaos, just just the the uncontrollableness of it. I think some people just find it completely off putting. One of the things that could be frustrating, kind of like what Darren was saying earlier about joining those uh, really great character, really great players for some uh, impromptu matches, is that uh, unlike Mario Kart, this is a game that. Uh, is difficult to play against people who aren't really like at your level. And so people who are yeah. worse than you or people that are better than you, uh, just the matches become almost unplayable, like even just small differences in skill. And uh, Mario Kart balances that really well with the use of items yeah. and with the rubber banding and kind of uses the chaos of, of that game to and of even the playing field for everyone. So it's fun to play with friends who have just picked it up for the first time and friends who are experts. But yeah. uh, Smash Bros. doesn't do as great a job of mitigating those differences. In I don't think levels. it tries to. I don't think you could. I mean, the whole, the whole thing about Mario Kart is you've got a line of racers. You've always got a line of racers and, and the game can always uh, choose to generate a, a more powerful power-up for somebody who's in eighth and somebody who's in first. It's simple. Whereas if you've got a screen with four or now potentially eight people on screen they can't really i mean i suppose beyond putting the most powerful collectibles at the feet of uh at, of the person who's got the highest percentage who's likely to get smashed off next i suppose it could do stuff like that but i think that all that would happen is the better player would still just immediately see it rocket down the screen using some move that they know goes through platforms and then be pre-charging some almighty smash attack and kicking them out of the way. So, yeah, I think it, it can become very dispiriting and demoralizing for a, if you play it as uh, as a weaker player. And the other thing is, and, and uh, I wanted to talk about this anyway, is that a lot of people will have bought this game and played it single player. And in my experience, that's virtually no fun 
whatsoever. In in the mm. in the mold of Mario Party and Bomberman, it seldom works as a single player game for me. Yeah, well, it, it, to me, it's kind of like buying Left 4 Dead and playing that single player. Yeah, like, yeah James Carter. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> Um, you are, yeah, you're just not playing the experience that people love. Like, um, and I, I hate to, you know, tell people you're you're playing it wrong, but if you're playing Smash Brothers single player, you, you're playing it kind <laughs> of wrong. Um, just, I, it's just ultimately, I mean, it's you're not playing it wrong. The single player should be enjoyable, realistically. It should. But, it's on the box. It's yeah, a yeah, I, absolutely. And and you're totally right to criticise the the game if you're playing it single player and you're not enjoying it. But ultimately, the pe- the fans, the people who love this series, like that's not the reason why they're playing this game. No, of course. And, no, no, I'm such a yeah, single player it, person. Like, I especially on the 3DS <laughs> version because it's such a pain to connect up with friends oh, really? uh, on the 3DS. I mm. no, I absolutely love the single player and I'll play against computers rather than playing against people because of that. Um, the skill differential, like I mentioned before, can be prohibitive. And so unless you have like just the right person, uh, multiplayer can be hugely frustrating. And so I, I really prefer just going against CPUs and I know I could set it to, you know, eight and it'll be a good fight and uh, I know what to expect. And, uh, and you know, as the series have progressed, they've invested more and more time into developing interesting single-player-specific modes. Yes, and, true. Um, and so that, that experience has been fleshed out. But no, absolutely, I, I don't view fighting against CPUs as being dishonorable at all. Well, I didn't say, though you're putting words in my mouth, I didn't say <laughs> dishonorable, but, uh, but, uh, but you're a loser. No, but... Um, <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm not saying I never had any fun playing it on my own. I quite like those stages where it just throws like a hundred Yoshis at you and you just have to smash them all into this, into oblivion because they've got like the equivalent of whatever percentage health already on there. Um, but the actual structure of going through stage after stage and some of the mini game stages they put in to break things up, I thought were just pretty dreadful. Like there's there's ones where you have to run from area to area um and smash targets or land on platforms and things like this and they just kind of looked they looked rough they looked like they were put together with i mean you know they were kind of they were sort of puzzle-ish but uh, again just the because of the feel of controlling the characters is kind of weird at times i didn't want to play those levels so i used to just die deliberately at the start of those sections a lot Mm -hmm. of the time all that said though that said all that said uh was it brawl had the one where you had to beat up the punching bag and then yeah, smack yep. it as far as possible. Stadium. I got quite addicted to that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention that as my favourite one because you get 10 seconds to knock the living life out of this sandbag. It's a good and, trainer, actually, isn't it? Yeah, it really helps you understand your character. And the the, the more you do it, the more you realise how much you can get away with. Like, if you charge up a smash move to launch it at one second, yeah. if it's falling down on zero seconds, you can still, like, you know, there's enough time for you to quickly charge up a baseball bat swing because you have a baseball bat on you and you can just knock it, like, 400 metres into a, into a field. Yeah, it's really satisfying. But, yeah, the single player's hit and miss for me. I'll play it out of desperation to play the game. But as yeah, soon as someone's sure. near me, like my brother or my mates who, you know, I've got, I'm lucky to have even now, like, quite a wealthy amount of people who want to play local multiplayer games with me, yeah. you know, every weekend. So, like, yeah, it always takes priority. But, if I'm on my own, like I did with the 3DS one, I'll put 10 hours into it and unlock everything and do all the things that I can up to a point. And then I go, right, okay. And uh, just, you know, concentrate on multiplayer. But yeah, I've got no problems with playing against the computer. I just find that after a while, um, 
it's kind of like FIFA with me. I don't really like playing the computer because I think they're cheating. And yeah. uh, <laughs> like, I, I like humans next to me because I can yeah. laugh in the face. I can go, you're rubbish. I'm the best. And uh, I know that their, their reactions and their, the way they're playing are, well, they're human as opposed to AI, yeah. where I think you got that star because you knew exactly where it was going to spawn at this millisecond. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I feel like the AI does get. Yeah. A, and controller reading could be going on. You just don't know. You, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like There's that. There's certain items, ones that darken the screen or obscure the screen in some way where it's like, okay, the computer still knows who everybody is. This is not fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, for me, and this is possibly where I diverge from literally everyone in the universe uh, in terms of opinion. Wow. But um, <laughs> um, I just, even when I'm having, you know, my butt handed to me in Smash Brothers, I'm still having a good time, which is, I can't say the same thing about Mario Kart. No, I, I, I read your tweet uh, after we had our session. Yeah, I, like... Multiplayer Mario Kart makes me ten times more angry than any Smash Brothers match I've had, which is interesting because the the general consensus seems to be the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and and ultimately for me, the, the reason why I I don't really engage with the single player at all with Smash Brothers is because I just I have a good time playing multiplayer every single time, despite my you know win lose or what have you. So. Yeah, whereas with something like Mario Kart, I I will play the single player a lot because I, I'm I'm actually happy playing the single player for Mario Kart. Whereas whereas with the multiplayer, I end up wanting to murder my best friends. So I just uh, I think that's yeah. uh, actually I don't think that's so different to to many of us, Josh. Yeah. I, I, I'm Mario Kart makes me uh, swear and gnash my teeth like almost no other video game, and, yeah. and that that yeah. goes all the way back to the SNES version every every iteration. And sometimes even in single player it can do that. Whereas Smash, I, I guess, yeah, I'm just more laid back about my successful failure. But having said that, I'm sure there have been teeth gnashing uh, moments when when you're getting schooled, and um, probably more so by the CPU than by another human. Because yeah. I mean, we I played Darren a few years back around at uh, Tony Atkins of Kane and Rince, and um, we didn't play for very long. But uh, you know, you pretty much destroyed me for like three rounds in a row, and um, and it was like that's fair enough. He's better at the game than me. You know, it's like. Whereas Mario Kart, it's there's you know there's that there is that element where it is serving the the weaker players with with greater power ups. The original Super Smash Brothers was uh, I would say it was a hit for Nintendo. Um, it sold five and a half million copies worldwide, which I think was pretty decent for an N sixty four cartridge, especially in ninety nine, when the N sixty four was starting to be on the wane a little, probably fair to say, in the in, in the wake of the PlayStation. And it only took Nintendo a couple of years to follow up with Super Smash Bros. Melee, or Diranto Great Melee, that means, Smash Bros. DX, which means deluxe. <laughs> um, we always call it Smash Brothers or Smash Bros, depending on where you're from. <laughs> uh, but um, yes, slightly different name in, in its native Japan. Again, this was HAL Laboratories with Sakurai directing. A slightly different set of producers, but again, names you'll recognize, including Miyamoto and Kenji Miki. Um, now we had four composers on board, as well as uh, Hirokazu Ando, who scored all of the first game. Well, I suppose he didn't really, because that still had tunes from other Nintendo games in, you know, some of uh, Koji Kondo's work and so on. Um, but this had some more composers of original pieces. Obviously, it came on one of those dinky little GameCube discs. Um, f- released first in Japan, of course, in November 2001. 
US got it uh, just the next month. Uh, we had to wait in Europe and Australia until May 2002. Uh, again, this was uh, having seen, having enjoyed Smash to a fair point, and having seen the intro to this, and having seen the reviews and screenshots, uh, this was an obvious uh, morning one purchase for me. It's not one of those where I can actually remember the trip to the shops, but I remember that this was a I am getting this this day. It may have even been a day off work purchase. Ryan, uh, North America, December the 3rd, 2001. GameCube, were you there? Was it a Christmas thing? Or did you have to go to your mates down the road? Now, this was a Christmas gift for me. I had a GameCube from day one, but I uh, had waited until Christmas for this one. And uh, yeah, this was definitely one that I was looking forward to. Um, it, as I said before, like this game was such a huge departure from the first game. Uh, it really introduced a lot of the elements that would go on to define the Smash Bros. series going forward, like the um, collection of trophies and um, you know the diversity of stages, like everything that kind of made this the quintessential like Nintendo experience. And so, uh, you know, a lot of that was kind of went into the hype and to the marketing and it really kind of built this one up to an almost unrealistic degree but uh yeah so it was, it was everywhere before it was released and we were all very excited to get our hands on it darren yeah so by this point i had my american slash japanese gamecube imported from from an import store online and um, this came out relatively quick after the launch of the gamecube didn't it It felt like it was a launch game in my memory but it's not is it, it was a, few, a month after yeah you know yeah so it was it's quite hot on the heels of an e3 announcement as well it's like we're making a new smash brothers and then it seems to just come out like you know within within a mo- mere moments and yeah so imported it you know waited for the uh the it took about two weeks i think to get here and it was it was a painful process but watching that trailer when i first saw that trailer of the hand grabbing the trophy Mm. and like the music's playing in my head now i can pretty much recite that um fmv introduction yeah frame by frame in my head because it was it was yeah it was you know the thing that nintendo fanboys dream of at an e3 event it was just like this is megaton do you know what i mean that phrase to, <laughs> that yeah. was banded at the time so yeah uh, my, my group of friends had changed by this point i was starting to chat more online with people in coventry who then later got me into working with rare so i was playing with a lot of um you know not not at the time but future rare employees and I travelled to Coventry quite quite often, actually, to play Smash Brothers uh, locally with them. Wow. Yeah. That's how you got good at it. That's why you completely kicked my ass when we played a few years back. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what about you? Um, this is uh, another instance where I uh, didn't own the game, but I went round a friend's house so many times that I might as well have done. Um, yeah, uh, again, just, you know, fr- friends, party game, um played it for considerably uh a longer amount of time just because it is it is a better game than the original and um this is a but key really here is that this is where i discovered marth and uh my love for fire emblem game uh fire fire emblem characters despite never having played a fire emblem game uh until fire emblem awakening just uh just a year ago and um yeah just i really this is when i really started loving the series properly because uh i found a character that i was really good at playing at uh, at least with my friendship circle if i went into a tournament scene i'm sure i'd have my uh, butt handed to me 
But um, yeah, the, the, I managed to get really good at melee with Marth. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, spend a, at least a hundred hours uh, on this game. Easy. Yeah, I played it. I played it quite a bit. Um, yeah, I did play the. I did play it solo a fair amount as well. You know, completing it with different characters and and and, and whatever. Um, yeah, Darren, you're right to to mention the the, the reveal, the E3 2001 reveal. Um, there's there's some very rough uh, audio visually, but uh, quite exciting um, videos of of the um, of the reveal in E3 2001, and people just you know. Um, it, it, it was such a leap um, to go from obviously we'd had CD consoles and we'd already had uh, the Dreamcast and, and uh, PlayStation 2 was already around but to go from the, the graphics of the N64 to the GameCube was you know in some ways it was it was such a it was such an eye-popping advance you know finally we could have Nintendo doing full-blown orchestral soundtracks and CG intros um, so even though I don't think necessarily um, the GameCubes are kind of remembered as as, a, as like a, one of the most important consoles, it ended up with a lot of ports of Xbox and PS2 games. But in terms of the leap of what Nintendo were doing audio visually um, from from the you know just in two years from the from the N64 game to this, it was like um, you could pause it and move the camera around, right? And um, I guess that's a feature that's still in there. It was in, still in Brawl, wasn't it? And you can make you can make sort of you know comedy screenshots or or whatever. Um, and it was like it felt like you were actually playing the kind of CG intro in a way. Of course, it wasn't. The CG intro was was of much higher rendering quality and whatever. But but it the detail and and everything was just just a huge leap beyond the the original Smash Brothers. You know, the original Smash Brothers wasn't a like a great looking game like it had a lot of visual variety to it and it was very appealing to look at but if you compare the character models of like donkey kong versus donkey kong 64 or mario versus yeah. mario 64 uh you could tell like it was definitely uh not one that um really pushed i i guess i, I shouldn't say it ran very smoothly at 60 frames per second and there was a lot going on and so it pushed the hardware in that way but just looking at it it wasn't like a huge eye popper, but I, I know that a uh, um, melee was uh, was hugely striking when it was announced, when it when it came out. Uh, seeing the denim pattern on Mario's yeah, yeah. overalls and seeing Donkey Kong actually had fur, which is crazy for a GameCube game. Like it's absolutely wild. Like the game looks amazing, even still. Yeah. It's interesting you should reference the 60 frames thing. Um, I'm duty bound to mention, of course, that was that was true for you Americans with the original oh, N64 yeah, version. <laughs> uh, we got a slightly slower version. It was optimized, I believe. Um, I imagine it ran at something just under 50 frames, but it was it wasn't as smooth and slick. But of course, the GameCube, um, you know, developers and and console. Uh, platform holders had learned by this stage that we were actually aware of this and feeling pretty narked about it so uh, from the Dreamcast era onwards we started getting a lot of games with 60 hertz options and most of the Nintendo GameCube stuff did come with the option to play in 60 hertz uh, probably even higher percentages than did on the Wii actually because there were quite a few power games in the end that didn't have a 60 hertz Wii option but uh, yes so we were playing the same game to all intents and purposes as as our uh, American and Japanese brethren so that was that was nice to know as well 
Yeah, so the audio visual boost is uh, well, yeah, was absolutely you know outstanding uh, first impression wise. But what made it even more you know um, you know glorify you know glorious was when they put you in an N sixty four stage in on, <laughs> on with GameCube characters. You paused it and you're like. Look at those textures. Like we, you know, we, you, you know, you know. Looking back is always, you know, it's always really harsh to criticize because you can't really do that. But when you saw that glorious Mario with his denim, you know, texture, and then there's just this blurry N64 texture underneath you that has been touched up a little bit because it's on the GameCube or, yeah. or the Wii, whatever. Yeah, it's such a stark contrast. And at the time, you just remember thinking, yeah, like you know, this is it. This is, you know, the, the gaming for me. You know, alongside Super Monkey Ball, we, we were uh, we were a multiplayer heaven. They put one of the N64 stages in the Wii U version, and that is, uh, it's hilarious to look at the contrast between, you know, Mm. way back at the very beginning, and then these such finely polished Wii U graphics now. I do love the fact that they've managed to, across, you know, the the later three games, I guess, they've, they've updated some classic stages with newer graphics, but they've also kept the original graphics from old stages. I don't know what the rules are there, but like... Mm. There's, on the Wii version, there's a great, uh, there's a great looking level, um, like um, it's a Donkey Kong stage where it's literally the stage from uh, stage two from Donkey Kong, the original arcade game. Yeah, I, I don't like the level, but again, like they've kept that art style, they've they've touched it up a little bit, but other than that, it's pretty much there in 3D. I, it blows my mind to think the amount of work that goes into designing these stages, and uh, yeah, I, I just, oh, it's, it's incredible to um to look at the whole contrast in one screenshot. It's like there's an N64 screen. Uh, texture with you know a, a, a gamecube one it's it blows my mind a little bit so i remember um the the reception to this was uh generally stronger um than the n64 version um game rankings has it as over 90 percent and uh but i still remember edge magazine um i don't know if it was the same reviewer because they always used to review anonymously in that uh, in that publication but again i remember um whoever reviewed it for edge obviously was the, you know spoke for those people who just don't enjoy smash brothers and that's fair enough um there were more than double the amount uh, yeah the roster was more than doubled from 12 to 26 i think so obviously that mm. just makes a huge amount of, of difference to to the last ability if you will of the game um and the potential v- variety on on multiplayer nights um and even for the solo player um there were more modes and the thing that kept me playing this even though as i say i'm not the biggest fan of solo smash um it became a a collect got to catch them all trophy game basically Uh, you had a trophy room um and you could get those throughout the uh particularly there was a it's kind of that sort of adventure mode was kind of shonky in a lot of ways but there was always the chance that as you went along you would you would find a new trophy so i found myself playing it over and over and over again just just to have these pure nothing uh, items that you could scroll around and look at either in polygonal form or there was also a um uh, a sort of bitmapped image wasn't there of of a trophy room with mm-hmm. with the and you could there was a secret control that you could have them all laid out in different formations and stuff yeah. as i recall yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, these trophies, you know, it was the first time the series had like the, the wealth of trophies spanning the whole Nintendo library. But it was kind of like I, I remember getting a trophy that looked very similar to a perfect dark remote mine 
And when you went to investigate the trophy, it's, it didn't list the game as Perfect Dark, but in the credits, it said oh. Perfect Dark. So, like, looking back, maybe that was, like, the start of things to come with the split between the two companies. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah um, and the, it, the GameCube version in particular with the trophies and stuff, you've got the the infamous, or famous, so I don't know, uh, the, the third eye on the back of um, Daisy's head, is it? When yep. you zoom in behind her oh, hair, yeah, yeah. she's got that weird third eye, and then you've got, um, uh, what is it, The there's another one to do with Donkey Kong or something. There's loads of little glitches and hidden mm. secrets and stuff among these trophies that don't really do anything for gameplay at all but like it, it must have inspired the um the design for amiibo surely because mm, at one yeah. point we almost have gone i love for these to be on an actual shelf <laughs> do you know what i mean i don't remember if this was the very first game that did this but um this kind of collecting 3d models that you can look at and examine from all angles has been done quite a bit since then with uh, i know arkham asylum and arkham city have 3D model viewers that you can unlock to check yeah, out all the, games, yeah. the work that these uh, programmers have put into the models. Um, I'm not sure it was the first, but it was relatively early. Yeah, so. it's probably the one that most people think of as like the earliest example of really getting addicted to this kind of thing. And you could move the lighting around as well, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Make, you know, shine shine a light on them in, in different ways. Yeah, and, and yeah, complete nonsense. But again, for, for a Nintendo fan, especially just, just having those you know detailed finely rendered models to virtually play with was 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 uh, appealing enough to to keep us sticking at the yeah that i can't remember all the ways you could earn trophies um but i do remember the adventure mode being because it you know it kind of again it had a similarly kind of scrappy feel to me to the single player bits of of the n64 game like the sort of mario brothers style stage but where everything looks kind of like it was put together in about 10 minutes one afternoon probably deeply unfair but that was the impression it gave me and it never controls that great either i I never really enjoyed the platforming of those stages which is uh, people complained uh that the the new version doesn't have a a proper single player component but i was like good (laughs) because i I don't like (laughs) running around smash brothers levels like for a long Mm. period of times because those mazes as well didn't it or were they only in brawl but either or yeah it's just kind of like ah, the the jumping doesn't suit itself for platforming the 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 combat doesn't suit itself for platforming it kind of felt like it was shoehorned in and i you know i begrudgingly played those games uh, those levels those stages when i was up on my own because we didn't have internet um capabilities back then so you know you played that and the arcade machine where you shot coins to get trophies there's always like brawl he loves to do it in, I think, what was it? It was a gumball machine in this one, wasn't it? You put the coin in and, it's, and you pull the gumball That's machine it. down and you That's get a trophy. Yeah. There's all these little quirky little mechanical things to do in, in Smash Brothers games and just discovering the wealth of secrets from as big as, you know, the, you know, the, the, the trophies, glitches and stuff, but to, to the minute where anyone who's got a controller can move the right stick and move the <laughs> menu just, just, just to annoy me. Just, just, just to annoy me. Yeah. One of the biggest differences with Melee came with the... Uh, expansion of everyone's movesets. Uh, yeah. I don't remember whether Smash Attacks were in the original Smash Bros, but they kind of came to center, uh, center stage now, and these are uh, special attacks that you can charge up that are specifically meant to drive the opponent out of the stage, and it became less of a less of a just get him far away from the stage and hopefully he doesn't have enough jumps to recover to, like, you want to just send him flying out of the stage immediately. Each fighter got... Uh, more special attacks they got side bees uh, as as we would call them okay um, yeah so, yeah yeah it uh it, it made every character feel more unique than uh and more uh, different from one another than they had in the past 
Yeah, I think Luigi is a fine example of that. When you first play as Luigi and you're like, he's got a, he's got a headbutt. He's, he's not a Mario clone anymore. And, you know, he, he's got the ability to do like a one inch punch Bruce Lee style and he's got an uppercut that will just launch you out of a level, which is different. It's, it's similar to Mario's, but he's got an uppercut that will just shine you out of the level like ching and he'll mm. knock you off in one punch if you mm. get it right. And it was from that point where you realize that, you know, even Dr. Mario has got, you know, he is essentially a Mario clone, but he's got a few different moves. And yeah, it was, um, it was good to see that they were putting effort into characters that were once similar. And that still does happen, you know, with Fox and Falco and stuff like that. But it was good to see that they were making more of an effort to, you know, make these characters more diverse. I think the character that benefited the most uh, and one who really became one of the stars of Melee, ironically, was Jigglypuff. In that uh, <laughs> Jigglypuff was given this hugely powerful rollout move that was a very risky move, but also like if you connected with it, uh, basically you charge up a spin and you let yourself go. And if you don't hit anybody, you're going to fly right out of the stage. But if you do hit somebody, you're going to send them flying. And also Jigglypuff has a, uh, a rest attack, which if used while clipping into another fighter, will send them flying like almost a one hit KO no matter what. But uh, yeah. if you miss, like if you're not clipping into them, then you'll, you'll, Jigglypuff will go to sleep for a couple seconds, leaving you completely open to an attack. And I remember the uh, uh, event matches, which is the new addition to this, which are uh, very specific challenges that the game sets out for you. There was one at the very end where you fight against Mewtwo, Ganondorf, and Giga Bowser, which oh. is a <laughs> very difficult fight, but... And of the uh, as the internet discovered, the way to win this one is to play as Jigglypuff. And Jigglypuff had three techniques that it would use against each of the fighters, and it just felt so good to win against <laughs> these uh, these terrifying monsters and bosses. As this this cute little pink puffball just flying around, <laughs> falling asleep. Uh, it's wonderful. That's that's one of those uh, those proud Smash Bros. moments. Yeah, and and it was um, these uh, you're sort of alluding to these hidden depths that would be what would create this burgeoning fighting game scene, the tournament scene that sprang up around Melee. Um, you know, this seemed like a game that had been put together by Nintendo for party-based local multiplayer shenanigans, fun, mucking about, laughter, but all these. Um, techniques started to become known people started playing it very seriously um for money um there were all these techniques i can't even remember there's there's l cancelling and mm, wave, wave riding dashing. wave dashing and lots of lots of stuff um lots of deep stuff and it wasn't even the case because the nature of the game was that the game unlike uh capcom fighters post combos being put in the game deliberately the things that people were coming up with were almost not by it's not exactly luck but it's there's a creativity to it that there couldn't be in a sort of a more hardcore technical fighting game that actually made for perhaps a more uh, a more diverse scene so there's 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 some good documentaries on youtube about this but it's interesting how one of the best players couldn't even do one of the most basic maneuvers, for instance, because he didn't need to, because he came up with all these other ways of kicking everyone off the stage. <laughs> um, and because there are so many uh, characters with so many different moves and so many variants, um, even though they completely eschewed items from tournament play, um, of which, by the way, there were a ton more than there were in the previous game, including dozens of Pokemon and various things. Um, but this tournament scene, uh, it's not something that I followed at the time in the early 2000s, but it, it 
probably still exists in some way um, mm. because I think it outlasted Brawl, which which we'll come on to. Um, but at least for at least six years, but probably more, this was um, you know a serious tournament consideration and ended up at Evo with all the you know with your Street Fighter three third strikes and and things like that. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about the tournament scene because I didn't know it existed until a couple of years ago. Nintendo refused for the yeah, game to be right. allowed to be streamed, and you know, you know, at Evo, and there's a big kerfuffle about it. I was like, people are actually playing Smash Brothers for realsies, like you know, for money, and actually, you know, the, there's probably many of arguments that have happened about Mario hitting Pikachu in the face. Yeah, there was a lot of just like with the Street Fighter scene, there was a real West Coast versus East Coast of America thing going on, and you know, these people properly thinking they're gangster turning up to play Kirby <laughs> versus Jigglypuff, you know, it's just <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. But but amazing at the same time. Um yeah, and you know, the American players were all scared of playing the Japanese players. Um and there were players who were, you know, kept their powder dry and didn't show anything until they, you know, kind of they were very modest and quiet and then you got the real showboaters. So it's very much like the the rest of the fighting game scene and it you know, it can be a bit seedy and gritty and grim, but it's also kind of fantastic how passionate people are and it's full of characters and people have literally dedicated years of their lives to getting good at this really silly Nintendo based party game. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the, um, the big contrast in opinion is for smash brothers was, you know, these guys who, who did take it seriously. And then there's people like me who just want to wear hats and have a good time. There's, um, I think that's where a lot of the contrast in opinion, the really serious ones. Like I hate this game because it's not a tournament fighting game, but I th- it's a weird one, isn't it? That every time smash brothers gets mentioned, it's either you know really loved or really hated, and I think I think people who I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think people who really love it, they love it for one specific reason. Like I love it because it's a party game, but there are people who love it for being a serious fighting game. Whereas I think people hate it for uh, for being a serious fighting game and being a party game. Do you know what I mean? It's loved and hated in equal measure. From my experience, at least, it may, it may be different from for you guys, but every time I've spoken to somebody who really, really doesn't like uh, Smash Brothers, it's not because of, like, you know, it's not a serious fighting game or stuff. It's simply that they just get overwhelmed by everything that's happening on screen, that they just can't keep up with everything that's going on. Or feel that what's going on is random. And mm. I mean, to a certain degree, there is stuff that is random. But just in terms of who wins and who loses, that that outcome is somehow um, out of everyone's hands. And it's just uh, luck of the draw and stuff like that. I, I don't agree with that. But mm. that tends to be the opinion that I hear when I ask people why they don't like Smash Brothers. Yeah, I think what I was trying to get at was, you, you, know, you make a good point about that, but I think when you turn it all off, all the fun in speech marks, uh, you know, all the fun stuff off, then people don't like it because it's not a very competent f- traditional fighting game. You know, you, you yeah, strip yeah. away the red shells and the you know, banana skin and stuff like that, and then it's not the fighting game they want it to be, so then they hate it for that reason, but mm. they also hate it for it being a crazy game at the same time. And it is easy to lose your character on Smash Brothers, but mm. if you fall off, you just you just laugh, just laugh it off, you know what I mean? Being smashed off sideways is is one thing, um, but I can't let this podcast go by without the uh, the brilliance of the fact that you can be smashed off into the background or even better into the foreground there's, <laughs> there's still nothing nothing i like more in a nintendo game oh. than somebody being smashed up against the tv screen and then sliding down off the front 
the, the 3DS was made for those moments. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like I don't play the 3DS version in 3D or just 3DS games in general in yeah. 3D, but when I knew someone was getting launched towards me, <laughs> flick it on quick. Or when the Nintendo come out, you're like, oh, no, the Nintendo is, is coming. Flick it in 3D quick. And it just, it, 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 it almost feels like it's popping out and licking your face. It is ridiculous. <laughs> we can't really talk... Um expertly about the uh, the melee tournament scene but um but the fact that it exists um may be an eye-opener for some listeners um but if there are other listeners there who are involved in it or know more about it then we'd love to hear from you on the forum or post in the in the comments under the podcast because um it kind of it kind of blows me away um this melee for me was the first game um that started it as more of a um this digital museum idea this mm-hmm. this love letter to nintendo thing because um rather than the n64 version which had a few backgrounds and a few characters and it was nice and it was cool and it was fun um melee had these really sumptuous levels that were you know odes to other nintendo games and it had these reworked scores um and medleys of um of earlier nintendo game music you know for me anything that's you know from the past of video games it gets you know it always gets me going because that's the person i am um and obviously it makes sense within smash brothers that it's it's all nintendo themed or it was until the next game anyway and just real deep cuts for the roster as well introducing mr game and watch and the ice climbers um characters that people weren't so familiar with beforehand but certainly were afterwards and got that uh got to contextualize that extra little bit of nintendo history absolutely and the game sold uh, extremely well. Again, for a GameCube game, I would suggest that 7 million units worldwide would have been quite a hit. Um, I would imagine that um, probably 6.9 of those sold to people who just played it for a laugh. And then the rest sold it to people, were sold to people who played it very seriously indeed. Um, and yes, after the, the brief gap between the first and second games, there was a long old gap between Melee and Brawl, or Diranto Smash Brothers X, as it's known in Japan. Um, the cast list, the, the credits for Smash Brothers Brawl, are epic. Mm. Um, uh, there's a page on the Super Mario wiki which, which breaks them all down into 42 categories. Um, there are just dozen, literally dozens of programmers, motion designers, um, map designers, um, 30-something composers, I think it is, um, and arrangers, maybe 40-something. It's insane. Um, yeah, probably uh, 40-something voice actors, uh, and it just goes on and on and on. This was this was uh, released on a dual-layer disc, which I think one of very few Wii games to be released on a double-layer disc. Um, when you think that Melee was crammed into a, one of those Diddy CDs that they had in the GameCube, this needed, like, for at least four times the space to fit everything on. Originally, it was due to come out, uh, I guess, for Christmas 2007 in Japan, but uh, they delayed it quite late in the day, I think, um, for about a month and a half until the end of January in Japan. North America had to wait until March, and as was the case, as usual, Australia and Europe, the PAL territories, had to wait until the summer, June 2008. Um, I definitely, again, bought this day one. I think I... Pre, had pre-traded my copy of Melee, which you know may, with hindsight, have been a been a mistake, especially given the amount of trophies I'd got together on that. I don't know if I've still got the save file somewhere. For me, I wasn't, as I say, I wasn't aware for another six months at this point that 
this was a much less deep you know game this was supposed to be um the game that had you know it was kind of renounced by the tournament scene um as being a, a poor pale shallow imitation of its of its forerunner for me it was like well it's got more characters more stages more graphics you know more nintendo stuff mm. more things to collect so i was completely happy but i'm wondering um ryan you may have got this did you get this early on in in 2008 when it came out yeah this one i actually uh went to a launch event for well it was just a midnight release oh, nice. at a GameStop. i went dressed as captain falcon actually oh my <laughs> goodness photos please oh i don't think i have anything like that i had a friend dresses really and Liar. a uh, another friend of mine who was a uh, a black friend with an afro stuck a little nose on it and said he went as mr game and watch so that was, uh, that was quite fun <laughs> Fantastic. And so from your point of view, as somebody who played this game for fun, mm -hmm. uh, not to tournament standards, mm -hmm. and who, but was also happy with the one player game or happy playing one player, should I say, how did you feel about Brawl? Were, were your initial feelings that it had been nerfed in some ways or was it just more Nintendo? Uh, my initial feelings were very positive in this one. I uh, I actually got on pretty well with the Wiimote nunchuck controls, which I know serious Smash Bros. players will uh, will chastise me for. I got a Wavebird to play this. Okay, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, since then, I, I haven't used the Wiimote nunchuck, uh, but it does feel a lot different. And I, I recently went back to it after playing the 3DS version, and uh, kind of all that stuck out to me were the things that I didn't really like about it after kind of years gone past and new versions of it coming out since then is that it, it does feel a lot slower. It feels a lot floatier. Uh, it might be a little nitpicky, but I think things are a bit over textured. Like I think the characters mm. and the backgrounds and stages, like the textures are a little bit too complicated. And so it's really easy to lose track of your character against the background and, uh, so it's all kind of like darker colors and darker tones. And um, and it, I don't know. There were just a lot of things that I that didn't feel as great coming back to it years later. Hmm. It, it didn't help that... Um, I know for most Nintendo games, it wasn't a problem on the Wii. The fact that, you know, it wasn't in you know a proper HD resolution. But for right. Smash Brothers in particular, even now, it's kind of like... It is in 480p, but... There's there's enough kind of like um, anti-aliasing on the uh, on the characters and th there is a muted color palette going on where it is just it is harder to see what's going on but for the wrong reasons you know um, yeah. you know you do have a bigger screen space to play on with uh, you know the, the widescreen and stuff like that but there was just something off about the actual the the TV to game connection it's just like it feels a bit muddy and it's not it's not why i played nintendo games to look at you know gray mm. grayer textures than normal i've been playing it this year with my brother because we were getting excited for the 3ds one and you know we, we we were still loving it to pieces don't get me wrong but um the more we played it it was kind of like yeah okay yeah, this is yeah, this is really good and then we played the demo of the 3ds one and we were like this is just so much mm. quicker mm. it got to the point where when I first played the 3DS demo, I couldn't handle it because I'd just gotten used to the, the pace of the Wii one. And there is a massive difference. Wow. Um, I started looking at GameCube videos again of, you know, of people playing it professionally um, in between all this. And the pace of the Wii one is seriously like lacking. And it is, if you do play it in a bubble, you will get used to it and you'll enjoy it. But yeah, um, it is a, it is a different feeling game for sure. And I can see why people don't find it as enjoyable. Uh, personally for me, 
you know, hundreds of hours at Mastertronic, hundreds of hours at home, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I do really enjoy it. And it's where I found my love for Wario as one of my favorite characters because <laughs> he can fart. <laughs> Let's face it. Let's and, face you know, it. yeah. And the, the introduction of the, the Smash Ball, it completely changed the, um, the scene. I, I love it. I, I mean, I, I think I feel the most positively uh, towards Brawl out of everyone so far, but, um, I think maybe it's because I did play it in a bubble, as Taryn said. Um, it was just me and my friends, and we kind of got really good at it and really loved it. I, I like the Smash Ball. Um, I think it adds an extra layer of crazy randomness mm, to yeah. the game. because First of all, I think the idea of having everyone chase after it and try and punch it <laughs> is hilarious. It's I think yeah, that was a stroke of genius, because then like there's that build-up, the, like, the build-up of, oh, God, everyone's like jumping on top of each other and like, <laughs> like get out of the way, I want to get the Smash ball and then when you finally get it like it's like oh yes but then you get like there's you you got the adrenaline from trying to like chase after it so much but sometimes that you just press the button immediately and you'll completely miss everyone and you're like (laughs) oh no and i liked that um there was like a a narrative to that like there was the the build-up then getting it then having to calm yourself down to (laughs) use it properly it's easy to lose it too if you're not careful oh Mm. yeah absolutely if somebody hits you enough times then you're you're gonna lose that uh, Mm. ability but like especially with characters like um I mean, I I played as Ike a lot in Brawl. You really had to line up that move. If you you yeah. miss, then that's it. Like, um, I I think there were other characters where it was pretty easy to like mm-hmm. Snake's one was pretty uh, easy because he just got on a helicopter and started launching grenades at people. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas people like uh, Link and 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 Marth and and uh, Ike. You really had to line up that attack, otherwise you risk mm-hmm. like wasting it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great addition. But then again, I'm speaking as somebody who really does play in that kind of second tier, uh, as uh, Leon described it. Like I, I got good at it, but only at a party level. Mm. Uh, I can imagine for you know tournament players that final smash ball is probably more annoying than anything else yeah so we were now up to uh almost 40 characters um goodness knows how many backdrops goodness knows how many items goodness knows how many pokemon pokemon and different pokeballs Mm. um and as i say for me like i i don't i gotta admit because i was a, a casual and inexpert melee player i was probably less aware of the differences between this in gameplay terms and and its predecessor than people who were more cognizant to melee's um you know subtleties and and speed and i I probably hadn't played it much in the last sort of two or three years before brawl came out either so i was you know because there was there was this six-year gap Mm -hmm. i'd probably put it on like once or twice for local sessions and then kind of forgotten about it so going into brawl it was i i I think that the thing about the indistinctness of the graphics and too much texturing is probably right i do, do remember um seeing uh mario's even more uh textured denim and it was it it was like nintendo was saying yeah look the wii is a more powerful machine than the gamecube despite what people are suggesting and we remember the buzz people got when they when they showed that mario model from melee compared to the n64 one and they were looking for another leap 
Um, but it, of course, it was much harder to do because the difference in even if the Wii is more powerful than the GameCube, which it demonstrably is in some games, um, it's not the leap from N64 to GameCube that, that that we'd had before. But for me, so because I wasn't wildly aware of the game not being as as swift, I suppose it was probably niggling somewhere in the back of my mind. It was this idea that it. It was a disc that was just full of Nintendo stuff to look at and collect and play, mm-hmm. just to see all the, just to see it play on all the different versions of all the different stages, um, to see all the different characters, to collect, try to collect all the trophies, um, and even like there were unlocked, unlockable demos of the of old Nintendo games to play and stuff like that. It was just, it was off the hook. You could find CDs to play the different versions of the different tunes. Um, and it wasn't just Nintendo either. Um, you know, whether you like it or not, um, I, I personally wasn't so keen, but I totally understand why they brought in Sonic the Hedgehog and, and Solid <laughs> Snake. Um, I'm still coming to terms with the fact that Mario Kart 8 is now a kind of uh, Sonic All-Stars type game with bits of uh, Zelda and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Animal Crossing and F-Zero coming to it. Um, I still kind of have this you know slightly odd and probably completely pointless purist view that smash brothers should be a nintendo game you know it shouldn't have guest characters in it but as a video games fan you know i have a fondness for sonic and metal gear solid and mega man you know coming coming forward so i can buy it you know I, i mean things like having solid snake in it at least opened up the the opportunity for more humor for instance the I mean the the codec uh, where they introduced him to the game at the the original presentation where <laughs> where he sort of you know he's already on reconnaissance hiding in a box on one of the stages that <laughs> stuff was pretty funny and the fact when you realize that they got David Hayter and I've forgotten Colonel Campbell's voice actor uh, name to record a codec for a codec sorry for every single other character in the game um, so if you if you call I can't remember what the control is but if you call your uh, Campbell as Snake when you're fighting anyone else you can find out about that character and mm. they'll have like a long conversation about it stuff like that it's just amazing it's a taunt isn't it you press one of the taunt taunts yeah yeah, yeah and, and it, like yeah. I didn't know it was in it until like, a good few months afterwards because I, I really like the fact that Sonic was uh, you know settling the playground argument of Mario versus <laughs> Finally, Sonic. Yeah. It's like yes, I can actually punch Sonic in the face <laughs> and seeing the Green Hill Zone. He deserved it by that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, and, and still I, does. Apparently, I, I really love the chaotic nature of that Green Hill Zone stage. It's quite it got quite short edges, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. Like it's easy to get knocked off, but it represents what Sonic's all about. You know, in the background, you have got the loop, the loop, and it's got the crumbling stage from the original Sonic games, and it, it just capsulates what Sonic's all about pretty much in a single screen. And then you've got Solid Snake, um, you know, with the codex and just ridiculous kind of ballistic moves like artillery strikes and grenades and mines and stuff. It, yeah. It added a new layer to the game that I didn't think was possible. And yeah, the codex were just like, this is incredible. And they have got a similar thing with the Wii U one with Lady Palatina and uh, Pit. Oh, okay. We, we've already mentioned the the cast of the game and them bringing in these uh, extra Nintendo characters. But... I think that the lead up to a Smash Bros. release is one of the most fun times to be a gamer. It's just months of being drip fed, just mind blowing content and just always having in the back of your mind, like, you know, Sakurai could come out tomorrow and give us something that would completely, you know, rattle our (laughs) idea of what Smash Bros. even means. Um, 
it's so exciting to be getting, you know, video after video of, guess who else is in this game? We have, you Mm. know, Rob the Robot, we have Pac-Man, we have, uh, you know, Diddy Kong, like all these fun characters that he likes to... And now they can extend it once the game is actually out as well because of DLC. I mean, they could have done that on the Wii, but they didn't. They're they're kind of, uh, they're saying that they don't want to do that, but I have a feeling that the uh, Mm. demand will win them over money talk yeah despite some naysayers about the, the direction brawl had taken um critics were much more united with this one than any previous game in the series scoring uh, another sort of three percent higher than its predecessor um as a as a critical average on game rankings I, I don't know exactly what that means but i think it means that generally reviewers wouldn't have played it to tournament level and so like me um they just thought brilliant loads more stuff look at it this is full of stuff there's so much nintendo stuff Mm -hmm. in this and it's still a fun multiplayer party game which which as you know darren's hundreds of hours will attest to as i say especially as again with most with most professional critics and with uh you know a lot of hardcore players of multiple games like most of us kane and rinses are you are playing it having not played melee for you know, potentially up to five or six years. So it doesn't have that direct comparison, but people who had been playing Melee all that time will have been not only, um, pay, you know, painfully aware of the differences, but also it it is that thing. Every year there's a new FIFA or PES or driving game annual, annual franchise or whatever. There's always a, a whole slew of people who come forward and say, well, it's not as good as the last one because they are in love with the last one because they played it for a year and they probably it's it's like the new doctor who thing when when a new doctor who first takes over generally the response is well he's not as good as the last one but by the end it's like please don't go no one can ever be (laughs) as good as you so uh, i guess i guess that's an element to it people like what they're familiar with am i right in thinking this game pretty much did away with any wii motion type waggle controls or Uh if you're using the Wiimote and uh, nunchuck control method, then you can waggle the Wiimote to launch smash attacks, kind of like the C-stick did on the GameCube, but right. it, it wasn't essential for play. Good. <laughs> yeah, I played it almost exclusively with uh, with a, with a, either a GameCube controller or plugged in, or as I say, I actually shelled out on a, a secondhand Wavebird, which was uh, even then like 30 quid off ebay but um you know i'm still glad i got it still still a fine controller obviously without rumble and needs batteries but wireless wii controller uh, wireless gamecube controller is a pretty handy thing to have um so they crammed in um as well as uh more everything they put more to do for the solo smasher um including the mm, controversial i don't know if that's mm-hmm. it's probably not controversial but the um much maligned i would say subspace emissary uh single player mode it had a lot of um its own cg cutscenes and and stuff mm-hmm. which was welcome but some of the stages i I, rem- I got right near the end um after a lot of play and i got lost in this horrific maze where you had to go to all these different rooms and collect stuff and i just thought this isn't why i'm playing smash brothers did anyone love the subspace emissary no, I, I finished it and booting it up recently. I checked my playtime and it was like, have I really spent like 15 hours doing this? Yeah. I, I, I can't remember how long it was, but it was definitely more than one hour. Mm. It was definitely enough to make me go, oh my God, yeah, I did play a lot of this mode. And I, I kind of like it. I mean, it, it's not great, but it's kind of like them boasting about like, look how diverse our 
game can be. Like, look how uh, mm. solid and robust our control scheme is that we can make a platformer out of this or we can make a puzzle <laughs> game out of this like they did with the Break the Targets in Melee. Uh, yeah. And yeah. it's them kind of just showing off the potential for, you know, what they could do. And, you know, it, it wasn't great, but it kept me interested because it was always throwing uh, kind of classic Nintendo settings that you'd be put into a Donkey Kong world and have to fight, you know, Donkey Kong country enemies and uh, you'd be thrust into a Metroid world. And it, it was kind of an interesting tour of uh, a bunch of things yeah. you wouldn't see in the Smash Attacks and you'd be fighting mm. against bosses that were, you know, like Rayquaza and, uh, you know, characters from various Nintendo games. And it, it was all very, uh, all very lavish, a lot to look at. Uh, the cutscenes were great. But yeah, you know, mechanically it was a little so-so, but it wasn't bad enough to turn me off to all the things that I did like about it. I mainly played it to unlock all the characters. Um, so yeah, my objective really was to unlock all the characters. So when my friends came around, everyone had plenty of choice, you know, plenty of choice. Um, but the, I, I didn't really enjoy it, to be honest. I love the cutscenes. I think the cutscenes are, are fantastic. They're full of humor. It's just great seeing, you know, people like Snake interact with some of the main Nintendo cast. But um, ultimately, as a gameplay experience, it was pretty dull, and I hated the last boss. Taboo. Uh, yeah, he was just like this giant not giant like this tiny blue man who had giant blue wings and stuff like that oh, he was just yeah. he was just a horrible horrible fight he was a fighting game final boss yeah exactly there have been quite a few that are kind of just uninteresting just unfair mm. just really cruel but along the way you got to fight meta ridley and porky and pd piranha and so you know there was a there was a lot of really great yeah. stuff in there as well I, I think I enjoyed it for the aesthetics more yeah. than the actual gameplay. Because, I, I mean, when Met, Meta Ridley turns up and, the, you know, the his theme starts playing, that's great because I, I love that soundtrack. But, mm, mm. Um, that's I what just, it's all about for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and I think I need to, to give special mention to Brawl's soundtrack because I think out of all three games, Brawl's soundtrack is... By far and away the best, the like biggest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's got everything that all the previous games had, plus yeah. a ton more, pretty much. Yeah, and and also Nobuo Uematsu uh, yeah. composed the main theme, which yes. uh, I the main theme is a huge earworm for me. I hear it and then I'm humming it for the rest of the day. The, the credits yeah. list of composers is like a who's who of Japanese video game composers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's 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 never been another collection like it. I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, between the the original composers and all the arrangers that were used because a lot of famous names were brought in just to create arrangements of of these uh, existing tunes and stuff like that so it's um yeah i mean this is why the, you know we we haven't said that this was a, a collaboration between developers um you know it, it was mainly under the name sora by this point but that's on the box and hal labs are on the box but actually um, if you look it up, if you just Google um, Smash Brothers Ball developers, you get a list that reads How Laboratory, Payon, Game Art, Sora Limited, Toy Logic, Bandai Namco Games, Monolith Soft, Creatures Inc., The Pokemon Company, Konami, and uh, and it goes on. Something that should have been, I imagine, uh, and certainly I remember looking forward to it because it was hard to get 
you know, at my age, when this came out, it was 36. It's hard to get, when you when your friends are all parents and stuff, it's hard to get people to come around and play Smash Brothers. Um, the online mode was like, okay, I'll be able to play Smash against other human beings online. And uh, it won't be quite the same because you haven't got the, you know, the, the in ro- interim rivalry and ribaldry. But uh, I barely touched it. Um, I remember it being quite laggy when I played it. Um which was always a problem with fighting game netcode at this stage, really, anyway. It's only something that's been nailed since GGPO and things like that. Were, were any of you guys looking forward to being able to play this online, and did you actually indulge, or, or am I right in thinking it was somewhat unworkable and disappointing? Yeah, never. Yeah, it was, it was uh, once turned it on. Oh, I, I can't do any moves. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been disconnected. Oh, okay, try again. And it was just like, Okay, I, I appreciate the effort, but yeah, don't expect me to ever turn it on again. And I don't think I, I didn't play more than two games. I think online it was. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I I tried it several times, but right. it broke down every single time. Right. So I, I want I want to give this a fair assessment, but I just couldn't. Like I I never had the opportunity. Yeah, so that was a shame. Even though you could you could like bet virtual money on the outcomes of fights and stuff like that, which you know predating salty bet. Uh, you could put your virtual currency that you earned in the game on on the outcomes of online fights, which I thought, sound, again, sounded like really, really good fun. You could actually end up watching matches and caring about the winner. Uh, before we get on to listener correspondence, um, Smash Brothers Brawl so far, um, before we have sales for the new ones, which uh, are very unlikely to come anywhere near. Uh, well, certainly the Wii U version will almost certainly never touch the sales of the Wii version, simply because of the number of consoles in circulation but brawl uh, is so far by some distance the best-selling game in the series with 12.32 million copies sold worldwide yeah uh series total sales at this point according to vg charts are uh, just under 30 million so for a for a little uh, low budget experimental muck around how labs project in uh, in the late 90s it's it's become a bit of a thing it's a system seller now, really. Yeah, absolutely. Like, people yeah. talk about Smash Brothers, and people go, "Well, how much are we use now?" And yeah, yeah, I can, I can totally see why. All right, listener correspondence. Then uh, we didn't have a lot on this game. I, I can't somehow predicted that. I don't know why. Some games generate a lot of, a lot of love, a lot of outpourings, or a lot of hate. Um, and this one hasn't. Um, but there you go. Two good posts, nonetheless, um, from canerince.com slash forum. You can always email if you prefer to podcast at canerince.com. Regular contributor Tadinio says, Smash Brothers is one of those series that I never owned any of the games but played almost every instalment. Whenever I went to my friend's house, Smash was always the first game to be played. It didn't matter if we had a group of gamers, non-gamers, or even people who outright didn't like games. The magic always happened. Even if some played better than others, everyone had a good time playing much of it thanks to the randomness of the items and stages that always provided a new WTF moments per match. The game also allowed for some really intense matches when we tried to play it like a regular fighting game. Out from the first three, I think my favourite ended up being Brawl. I know people complain that it's not melee and that has it, and that it has tripping in it. Uh, we didn't talk about that, uh, worth mentioning. Um, but it was the one that had the most items, characters and of course the smash ball that led to many situations of panic in the middle of a match. While Smash will always be the ultimate party game for me, this is a game that supports both ends of the spectrum, where even the most casual of player to the most hardcore of pros can have fun and take something out of it. And that is a rare thing to see. 
So, despite the constant criticism Nintendo gets for making the same franchises over and over, I hope they keep making Smash Brothers for a long time. Uh, tripping, yes, we should mention Tripping. It's a controversial uh, addition to Brawl. A lot of what uh, they added to Brawl was... Um... It felt like they were being a little like passive aggressive about like, oh, we don't want our game played at tournaments. We're going to make it slower. We're going to introduce more <laughs> random elements and we'll see how you guys like it then. And yeah. so, yeah, they, they added the um, the possibility that characters will trip and fall every, you know, it, it's very unlikely, but it, I guess it happens often enough to uh, to dissuade the pro players from using that version of the game. It's so un-Nintendo, it's so anti what they normally stand for gameplay-wise, taking the control out of the player's hands. Like It happens in Animal Crossing when you're having a bad luck day or you've mm-hmm. got a cold or whatever it is. And in that game, you've got absolutely zero time pressure or competitive pressure whatsoever. But it's still really annoying, falling over all the time while running about your village in Animal Crossing. Our second piece of correspondence comes from Nekimansa, who says, I've played a lot of Smash 64 and Melee and a fair bit of Brawl. I keep sitting down to try to sum up my thoughts on the Smash Brothers games and walking away unsuccessful. It's really tough to review and comment on a game that goes past genre-defining straight into genre-creating. Nothing else has managed to pull off the Smash formula. Very few games even try to be like Smash in the first place. This ultimate fan-fiction crossover mashup has only itself as a rival. Interestingly, being its own rival has a significant part of the history of the game when it comes to the competitive side. I'm told the documentary provides some uh, that we mentioned earlier that's on YouTube provides some excellent insight into the series as a whole from the competitive side of things, but haven't found the time to watch much of it. Check out the doc if you're interested in some history. I'd say that now would be a great time to get into Smash if you've never tried it before, but how many long-time gamers have never played at least one version of it? Spanning three consoles and a handheld, with one more console version just around the corner, odds are good that everyone with more than a minor interest in gaming has spent some time on these games. Now pithily uh, summing up an entire series of games into just three words, our Twitter three-word reviewers. Alabaster Mage says, Overpower Kirby. Lewis Holt says, Jumping Button Masher. James Dower says, Marth Won't Die. Dan Price says, Caligian Fan Service Orgy. Patrick Smith, he says, Falcon Punch! Yes. Lovely, lovely, lovely vocalisation there. Frozen Treasure says, Perfect Party Games. Dan Edwards says that relationships will shatter. Scruffy the Janitor's Pure Nintendo Heaven. Durry Quill, Super Smashing Fun. Jerome McIntosh, Amazing Character Collection. Colm Sheridan says, Absolutely Fantastically Amazing. Connor G says, Fun with Friends. Uh, now, to briefly summarise, start with Josh. I've played and enjoyed every entry in the series, but it was really Brawl, uh, mainly because that was the first one I owned uh, myself that I really got into and put loads and loads of hours into. Um, it, it's kind of the perfect fighting game for me in that it it's not as in-depth as Street Fighter Four or or a fighting game of that kind of stature. I just, I I don't have the uh, time or, or skill to learn all those combos and get as good as you need to be to even really start enjoying those kinds of games. What I do like is having a set of abilities I have access to and just learning the timing. I, I can learn timing, that's something I'm pretty good at. 
So learning the, you know, when and where to use certain abilities, but have those abilities easily accessible at any point, uh, I found that really enjoyable. Um, I, like I said, I like I'm I wasn't really into the tournament level play, so while for many Brawl might be the weaker entry in the series, it, it actually ended up being the one I enjoyed the most, and um, I. I I don't know if I could recommend anyone going back to it now, especially with the new Wii U uh, one coming out. And it does sound like um, this one strikes uh, a real balance between those who really like it as a party game and those who really like it as a tournament fighter. And I and I really do fear that if I went back to Brawl now after playing the Wii U version, I may not enjoy it as much as I did. But I have some. I I had some hugely positive memories of that game. Mainly memories of my friends laughing and having a good old time. I remember my brother incessantly going Mr. Game and Watch over and over again <laughs> for some weird reason because he just liked the way the announcer said it. Mm. Um, yeah, it, I just uh, when I when I think of these games, I think of friends. I think of laughter, and I think of. Uh, just eating way too many Doritos. Um, yeah, I just <laughs> tricky mountain. Yeah, it's it's it, it's one of those games that I uh, I associate with everything around it as much as the actual gameplay experience itself. Yeah, lovely, lovely sentiment that. Um, I, I'd sort of like to agree more. And and if we were talking about certain other games from my past, um, Bomberman games and and things like that, and certain football games, um, that exact same experience having lots of people around sometimes drunken sometimes not sometimes smoky sometimes not uh sometimes just snacks and fizzy pop and jelly sweets you know um i'd like to have more of those experience have had more of those experiences with um with the smash brothers series um i've had a, a good deal of fun with them generally with only one or two other people um at a time um, particularly my friend pete we've played a fair amount of smash brothers over the years and I do find it with all the items on uh, enjoyable and I've had a lot of fun just sampling the delights of the Nintendo, the virtual digital Nintendo and sundry other developers museum, particularly of, of brawl. Um, I find myself hoping that knowing that it's so hard now to get, uh, you know, at my age, middle age, basically to get uh, three people around who are willing to commit time to playing a, a silly button bashing in, you know, as they might see it, fighting game. I'm hoping that there's a chance that the Wii U version will bring something like that experience to the online arena where, where Brawl failed. If it was possible that we've had some really good community Kane and Rince Mario Kart game nights, but there's a very, there's a, or the, as fun as they are, apart from Twitter, there's a, there's a real lack of communication because the in-game chat isn't used basically. Um, if there was an opportunity for for a similar laugh playing Smash Online, if the netcode's good enough, um, if if there's enough desire to do that, then uh, then I'm back in. I really wasn't motivated to get the 3DS version for some reason. It just didn't feel like I wanted a, a handheld Smash Brothers. It just, I don't know, it just didn't sit right with me. I couldn't imagine playing it with the circle pad instead of the instead of a proper thumb analog stick either. Um, I'm not sure why, but it uh, and I just didn't imagine playing it with people either. Again, just that lack of multiplayer potential. Um, so yes, as as somebody who's waiting for the Wii U version, um, 
I don't know. I don't know if I'd recommend the series as a whole. It would very much depend on what your setup's likely to be. Um, but I would say if you do try it, don't don't dismiss it outright as a button basher and do try to actually learn a character to a, to an extent, not to an expert level, but to an extent that you actually know what you're doing because the game the game does open up and there is a lot of skill to it. There there is a lot of skill to Smash Brothers. It is far from a skill-free game that some people might think it is. Um, and tactical as well. It's not just it's not just knowing the combos because there are no combos to know. It's about invention and creativity on the fly at a very fast pace. And it's about comedy, as Josh says. It's about it's about having a laugh and being able to laugh when your character gets smashed in the front of the screen and, and stuff like that. So it's a series I'm fond of. It's not like my favourite series ever. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to getting hold of the Wii U game at some point in the not-too-distant future. Over to Ryan, who already has the Wii U game. That's right. Curses. Curses. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the thing that I like most about the Smash Bros. games are that they can be different things to different people. Uh, you know, some people will play them as just ludicrous party games, and they work so well for that. And... Other people will play them as like serious tournament level fighting games, and they also work really well for that. And, you know, especially, you know, they kind of tried to put a cap on that for the for Brawl, but for um, the 3DS and Wii U versions, they've brought back that uh, diversity of play and they've introduced different options and things that can make Brawl or that can make uh, Smash Bros. Wii U and 3DS into exactly the type of game that you want it to be and um and that those types of games i always have so much respect for games that can work as uh almost different genres of games entirely and you know since smash bros has come out there have been a couple games that have tried to kind of recapture the fire the playstation all-stars battle royale tried its hand at the smash bros formula and uh, there was an Xbox Live arcade game called Small Arms a while back that tried to uh, tried to emulate some of what Smash Bros. did. Yeah, I've forgotten that one. Yeah, yeah but um, just nobody's gotten even remotely close. And it, it's so strange to see something so successful be relatively unchallenged and be in such a league of its own. Um, and so I... I would recommend picking it up and giving it a shot. Uh, I enjoy it as a uh, as kind of a museum of Nintendo, as a love letter to everything that they've done in the past, as a, uh, a trophy collection, the music, the stages, the characters, just everything is such the, just the quintessential Nintendo experience. And I absolutely love that. And, uh, but also like, you know, there are games that I've played like uh, um, Project Cross Zone where I'm not crazy about the game, but I'm just I'm so in love with the uh, idea of all these these great crossover mm. characters joining up. But, you know, Super Smash Bros. series is genuinely fun to play and is just a, a game that I really enjoy just about every moment I spend with, which is so rare to say these days. But um you know, so far I've clocked in about 71 hours on the 3DS version and about 10 hours on the Wii U version. And so I think the the future of Smash, for me anyways, is a, is a um, 
is a bright place that I am very happy to be spending my time. So I'm a, I'm a strong proponent that you should at least give the game a, a look. And if it's not for you, that's totally fine. But if, if, if there's any inkling that any of this might be a little bit of fun, then I, I can almost guarantee that there is a way to tailor the game to play exactly mm. like you want it to play. The customization options just for the way you can play Smash, they're, they're, they're quite extreme. It's not just the usual round length and, um, you know, uh, or energy bar length or something like that. You've got, you can switch individual items on and off and, and all that sort of thing, really tailor it, um, you know, winning conditions and all that sort of thing to, to your heart's desire. Uh, yeah, good point. Uh, let's finish with Darren Gargett. Uh, the Super Smash Brothers series for me has, I've always seemed to bend my life, my, my downtime, you know, uh, around this game. And I've kind of manipulated my, I've been grooming my friends for the last month, my last two months to get them ready for Smash Brothers. And, and I know like local multiplayer isn't really a thing <clears throat> these days, you know, as big as it used to be back in the day, which was when the N64 was, you know, the, it was at its peak. And then as online came in, it sort of went away. But I've been trying to get my my friends back into the groove, and we've been playing a lot of local multiplayer. And luckily, they've been they've been getting into it. And like, this is all kind of like a grooming process for the Smash Brothers uh, for Wii U. Um, like I say, I've been bending my my time around my life around Smash Brothers. Every time one comes out, for example, the 3DS one, I bought two copies. I've got two copies. I've got two 3DSs. Therefore, me and my brother played um you know local multiplayer again, and we invited friends around who've got them. I do think these games benefit, you know, absolutely 100% when you have people next to you. And that's not to put a downer on the time that I had with the 3DS version, but I do think if you were to play this game, and I think people should give Smash Brothers a, a shot. If you, if you didn't like it before, just give it another try and go in with a different mindset that it's a party game for, for some. It, it's not a party game for others. And the fact that it can be, as Ryan said, completely flexible as you want it to be. So... If you don't like an item, for me, the, um, the the curry thing that makes you set on fire, I turn it off because I don't like it, and that, that's fine. You can sort of bend the game to your will. Just invite people around, and if they don't like it, then you can just invite more Disown people them. around. <laughs> yeah, just say, just go away. I don't want to see you again, and try another person. <laughs> so yeah, Smash Brothers, I love it. I can see why people wouldn't, but give it a try if you've got a Wii U. Yeah, we're not reviewing the Wii U version, but it is fair to say that the reviews that have come in for the Wii U version so far have been pretty spectacular. It's actually ranking above Bayonetta 2 uh, in the sort of highest game ranking charts at the moment, um, at the time of recording, that is. Yeah, so we're all off to buy uh, probably eight more GameCube controllers each to play the Wii U version in local multiplayer when we've um, roped in all these friends, uh, soon to be ex-friends if they don't like the game. Uh, <laughs> so it just remains for me, Leon Cox, to thank Darren, Josh and Ryan and to tell you that next time, in the usual contrasting style in issue 155, it's another sojourn to that most relaxing of vacation retreats, Silent Hill 2. <laughs>